the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. I wish I could do a nice fluffy story like McDonald's and Beyond Meat are doing a test together. We did that last week. Oh, I would kill to go back in time to one week ago. Because Monday and Tuesday, well, Tuesday and Wednesday have not been good to the stock market. Does that stress to me? Not really. But last week it was stress-free. I could talk about McDonald's selling a PLT, a plant lettuce and tomato burger, without the meat. <laughs> um, they're doing a test of, I think, 28 or 30 Canadian McDonald's. I don't know why Canada gets the wonderful test, but obviously if it goes well, and we've seen products go well that get rolled out on a big time. We saw the Impossible Burger with Burger King, an Impossible Whopper. We saw that test marketed in two states or something like that, 20, 30 stores, and then it rolled out to more, and then it rolled out to the nation. And the valuation of impossible goes through the roof when that happens. And so beyond me, you can kind of see if they get a deal with McDonald's, hold it, mackerel, watch out. Now, how long will McDonald's be loyal to them? It depends on quality taste. 84 days till Christmas, ladies and gentlemen, 84 days. Please focus on the economy. Oh, no, don't focus on the economy because economic indicators have started to turn negative. And thus, the market's struggling. Focus on the president right now. Focus on the president. He said something funny yesterday. He didn't say something funny yesterday, but a book excerpt, a book excerpt coming out um, talks about his, uh, basically his month of March with immigration issues in the United States. And the United States, his dentures were slipping that day. But um, there's a new book coming out called Border Wars, Inside Trump's Assault on Immigration. And in it, uh he seemed a little out of touch when he talked about fortifying a border wall with a water-filled trench stocked with snakes or alligators, prompting aides to seek a cost estimate. There's something I love about the idea of a fence with alligators. So I'm going to do it at my own home. Test it out, you know? Tell the mailman, be careful, there's alligators down there. He also wanted spikes on top of the wall that could pierce human flesh. I wish I could make this up because it's pretty darn entertaining. It's so non-presidential that it's, it's maybe presidential because it's so non-presidential if you follow my drift. Anyhow, that's out there. So will our president still be in power? What's going to happen to our economy? What's going to happen to his agenda? A lot of that's been questioned recently. And then you get the manufacturing data that showed a contraction for a second straight month. If that continues to happen, there will be more data about employees not getting full time, cutting hours, cutting hours. They're not paying their car bills. The car bills are going higher. 
They're falling behind on their car bills. They fall behind on their mortgage payment. Things can snowball. Oh. So Putin's coming out, and he's, uh, Vladimir Putin is coming out, and he says, I see nothing compromising between the transcript of Ukraine leaders and Donald Trump. I don't think Congress wants your opinion. Call me crazy, but I don't think they're, they find that entertaining. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Hmm. Trump's tax audits, no. I won't do it. I can't do it. Uh, Lennar had a good quarter. A home builder had a good quarter. It's trading higher. But nothing else is really going all that well for the market today. Uh, I'm not upset by that. Hopefully you're not upset by that. Stocks have sold off amid continued concerns about growth and valuations. So relative weakness in cyclical sectors. Treasury yields have pushed lower. Gold futures have increased in price. Oil prices struggle to find a bottom. There's nothing positive to say when you see that much red. And you see like gold turn higher. There's, it's, it's a fearful market right now. And part of it's the timing. Uh, you could see that there's also some pretty big events going on. Charles Schwab yesterday said, we're going to do free transactions on stock trades. How do you make money free? That's not capitalism. Well, they're going to make money by not losing accounts and offering more services. That's how they want to do it. So TD Ameritrade said today, we'll do the same thing. So that's a pretty big thing going on in the market. The airline stocks are getting hit telling us maybe, they're, maybe they know something. Then you see a big name like uh, Boeing taking it pretty tough today on maybe a engineer filing an ethics complaint within the company months before the crash has ever happened. But I'm not seeing anything good. Apple had a big run-up over the last two days, giving some of that back. Uh, two days ago, we were talking about 5G. Today, we're talking about, gee whiz, the economy slowing down. Uh, Sam Adams, maybe a beer stock would do good. You got to drink our way out of like a, a tough market. Nope. Beyond Meat, they, they got that test going at McDonald's. Is that winner? Nope. Uber's strangely slightly higher, but they're still losing a lot of money. My producer asked me a smart question during the break. He said, you know, if a recession happens, because as long as he's known the show, he hasn't known a recession. And probably before that, he was probably living the life of a teenager and, you know, a young man, not really thinking about recessions, probably thinking more about career. But a company like an Uber or Lyft who are losing money, those stocks can get hit 40 to 50% in a recession. They can get hit hard. I'm not saying they will. But companies that aren't losing money, suddenly you go, you know what, I, I think I'm going to put my investments with companies that have money and are buying back stocks or companies that have money. Not that need money. So the companies like Tesla, that has a bright future on some level, even though they're not making money, they can get punished in a down market. Typically, bear markets, markets that go down to 20%, and this is, it's, it's brutal because when I say typically, a lot of this data was founded before the internet and things move fast. But typically a bear market is slow, it's boring, it's a grind, it's 
two steps forward, three steps back. It's one step forward, two steps back. It is a grind. It's not usually a whoosh. But in this day and age of internet and in, in financial media coverage, maybe it moves faster. 10-year treasury sits at 1.59%. It's a fear indicator. The VIX is picked up. That's a fear indicator. The volatility, the VIX, the volatility is a VIX, uh, volatility indicator is called VIX. Uh, the 10-year treasury is, we know the United States government pays its debt. And instead of being an Uber, I'm going to sell that. I'm going to put my money into the 10-year treasury because I know I can get that back later. So the gold tends to do well, even though it's tough to explain why, because a lot of people aren't using gold as a currency. And if the economy goes really, really bad, you're going to be better off investing in a shotgun and into alligators to protect your property than into gold. But I digress. Um, Gold is pretty, but I don't see the financial point in it anymore. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Rough two days to start the quarter. Woohoo! Strap in. It's October. It's Rocktober. Uh, maybe we need to go to Oktoberfest for this weekend and drink our fears away. Liquid courage, right? I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and your money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. So I think this is Brandy Carlisle or Marin Morris. I get them all kind of confused. I don't know my country artists as well as I should. But Brandy Carlisle, I think it makes just super cool music. She's also known for like living on a ranch with three wheelers and kind of being a down to earth person. But her and a couple other country chicks, for the lack of word, better words, got together and created a, a, a power band called the High Women, which I think was a play on the Highway Men. And they're kind of a super group, kind of like the Traveling Wilburys. They've got an amazing song out, The Chain, which is a Fleetwood Mac song. And if you're one of those people who don't like uh, lead singers being women, this will change your mind. And if you're one of those people who's like, women can't rock as well as men, this will change your mind. The High Women is a country music supergroup. Brandi Carlisle, Natalie Hemby, Marin Morris, Amanda Shires. So go YouTube The Chain by The High Women. I don't know what High Women means, but it is what it is. And one of them could play like the violin super well. Like, I wish I had that skill set. Oh, I was, I was, I think I'm a failed musician. Which I, I'm pretty good at stocks. But we have a red October. <laughs> Sean Connery as a Russian submarine captain. Um, it's October 2nd, and we've got two really bad days in a row. we got to get some Sean Connery drops. Other than we have the Jeopardy one <laughs> from Saturday Night Live. He goes, Alex, I'll take the rapist for 200 And, and Alex goes, that's therapist not the rapist <laughs> I think that's uh, one of Norm Macdonald's best characters was it Norm Macdonald? no Norm did Burt Reynolds on that skit but anyway that skit still makes me giggle 
but the Dow dropped 344 points yesterday. And then you get today, another 400 points. That's a big move in two days. Yesterday, it could have been a little bit tied towards second month of shrinkage in the manufacturing purchasing managers report. We're not manufacturing as much. We're not expanding. We're, we're cutting back. Could have been tied towards Charles Schwab eliminating commissions on U.S. stocks and exchange traded funds. That is a great equalizer. You could now buy stocks from, for no cost. That's unbelievable. That should help create wealth in the world. It takes away one of the boundaries, so to speak, or one of the barriers to entry. China's Communist Party marked its 70th anniversary of its rule. I bet that was a fun parade. A massive military parade. Not of big baboons and ugly raccoons. Oh no, they, 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 they go with tanks. Hong Kong protests descended into widespread violence. Expect more of that. It's too early to panic. But we're starting to look at some of the data and like the transports were acting a little wonky. The airline stocks are pulling back like, they, like they're saying recession ahead. But the train companies are not necessarily. These are indicators the Dow transports you tend to look at. And if they're slowly moving higher, you have an okay economy for the next six months. But when they start trending lower, you're like, oh, it, it, maybe things are going to look bad in six months from now. Now, this doesn't necessarily mean we're doomed for recession, whether it be the bearish print tied towards manufacturing, whether it is the continued uncertainty around trade, uh, whether it could be corporations are reconfiguring their supply changes, uh, chains to manage the changes that the Trump administration is kind of forcing. The problem with it, everything is, is there's very little reason to expect resolution in the near term. There's very little reason to expect positives in the near term. The SP 500 scored a third consecutive quarter of gains this year. Remember, the fourth quarter last year was not good. Fourth quarter of 2018, no bueno. But then the first, second, and third quarter of 2020, 2019, excuse me, positive. Now, in two days of the fourth quarter, we've wiped out everything we gained in the third quarter. But. The first two quarters were so glorious, we still have a pretty good year going. And earnings aren't supposed to be great this quarter, but they're supposed to be pretty solid in 2020. So I want to panic yet. We're saying goodbye to the summer doldrums. Everyone's back to work on Wall Street now. There's no excuse. You can't say, well, it's the weekend after the last weekend. We're stretching it out. This is the fourth quarter, and it's typically the best quarter of the year. Since the inception of the S&P 500, since little baby S&P 500 was first founded, it typically rises about 2.47%, almost 2.5% in the fourth quarter. And it's typically tied towards the holidays. People are getting out. They're spending money. We're seeing economic activity. We're extrapolating that into the next year's numbers. Now, the fourth quarter of 2018, just one very short year ago, you saw the S&P 500 down 
Now, the historical rise is about 2.5% in the fourth quarter. Mmm. Mmm. That's all I can say. Um, a lot going on. So, you know, sometimes you see people with, like, feathers in their hair and the beard down to their belly, and they got tattoos on their, their kneecaps, and they're wearing shoes with, like, 19 big, chunky heels. You go, that's a lot going on. Wall Street's got a lot going on. Hey, the good news today, Lennar had a good quarter. So the home builders look safe-ish. Stitch Fix reported quarterly earnings of seven cents a share above expectations. Revenues match forecasts. That's good. Twitter's website and tweet deck are back up and running. Had a little bit of an outage. Find me online at Roblox Show or newfocusfinancial.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. A couple years ago, we saw companies come out of the woodwork offering closed subscriptions. It seems to make a little bit of sense that, you know, maybe I can have someone pick out clothes for me. I can wear them for a couple months, put them back in a box and send them back. Okay, I, I can buy that. I can, okay, I don't have time to go to the store and I'm not very fashionable. I'm not, I don't have a keen sense, uh, a queer eye for the straight guy thing going on. I don't have that. So I get it. I get the subscription model. It seems like a stretch. Like I'm too lazy to go to the store anymore. I'm too lazy to like just get what I want. But the mother of all subscriptions, obviously, is Netflix. 20 years ago, the mother of all subscription stories on Wall Street was America Online. Uh, They would send out these free discs, and you'd get the internet 3,000 minutes for free for 90 days. And then you had to pay $9.99 a month. And there was overages if you spent too much time on your account. But the subscription model of $9.99 kind of as a magical number. You start thinking of, of HBO as expensive when you're like 15 bucks a month, but if they offer it to you on the phone for $9.99, you're like, well, okay, I guess I'll keep it. So Sony announced a price cut for the PlayStation Now. That's their game streaming service. Now, it's interesting. I was talking to a friend yesterday, and he's got a young son. And he goes... I'm going to cut cable because I don't want my kid watching that much TV. I'm like, your kids watch TV? Like, it's tough now to see a kid watch TV. What I see a lot of is kids watching YouTube. Um, Sometimes on their devices, I see them watching Netflix. But I don't see a lot of, quote unquote, old fashioned cable TV. And when you see Stony PlayStation come in and say, for $10 a month, you can stream hundreds of of games directly to your PS4 or PC. PlayStation Now subscribers can also download PlayStation 4 games to their console. The new price match ultimately is a play against Microsoft's Xbox Game Pass subscription and the upcoming Google's Stadia streaming service. So in about three months from now, two months from now, heck, when's Christmas? Let's see when Santa's going to show up. How many days to Christmas? 
84 days. So, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. So, PlayStation, Sony is cutting in half the cost of the subscription. So, 60 bucks a year, 10 bucks a month. How is that possible? That doesn't even, the math doesn't even add up correctly. But what a deal, right? So that's $5 a month for 800 games. And two of the games that they added to this, Grand Theft Auto V and Uncharted 4 Thief's Tale and God of War, as well as Infamous Second Son. Now, they've been added for a limited time, and they can probably ebb and flow, but the people who purchase those games are on the God of War 2, 3, 4, 5. What a good deal. If you're one of those people who wants to get two or three games a year, two games is 150 bucks. But for 60 bucks, you can get access to 800 titles. Now, some of them are going to be, albeit pretty old. But some of those titles are pretty good. I'd play Grand Theft Auto 5. I don't have to have Grand Theft Auto 6, although that's coming at some point in time. That's going to move take two stock higher. So it, it's stealing our eyeballs yet again. So the PlayStation 4 cutting down $10 per month or $60 a year. Subscriptions. And what I tell you, AOL stock went through the freaking fracking roof because it was it had, we've got 5 million subscribers, we got 8 million subscribers, we got 12 million subscribers. And every time they would announce another million, the stock would move. I don't know if you remember the go-go 90s, but they were good. So Netflix did the same thing. Now Netflix is probably going to start saying things like, well, we're not going to announce our new subscriber count because the, the fun times are over. And Netflix is probably going to lose some subscribers to Disney. They'll call it churn. They won't say we lost subscribers. They'll say we had some 4% churn this quarter. Um, but Wall Street's enamored with the subscription angle. Um, and I get it. So that's got our eyeballs going. One of the areas of people making bad decisions, I see this just more and more as I get older. You know how we're talking about like the livable wage and stuff like that? People in new cars. Walk into a dealership today, and you might walk out with a seven-year car loan. I remember my father, late in life, so it was probably 30 years ago, got a three-year loan. And then I remember my first car was a four-year loan, or I remember the four-year loan. Then five became the norm. Now we're at seven years. Now the problem with that, about a third of auto loans for new vehicles have longer than six years term being sold now. Ten years ago, that was just 10%. So more and more people percentage-wise are taking on a longer loan. And ultimately, middle-class buyers can't afford a middle-class lifestyle. And I hope people are smart enough just to give it up, let it go. Which, for the record, another billion-dollar movie coming from Disney. Two billion-dollar movies coming in uh, November, December. The new Star Wars movie, that should pull in a billion, I guess. But Frozen 2, let it go, let it go. So that's coming. Music by Weezer in that. Interesting. So incomes have risen at a very sluggish pace in the last decade, but car prices have grown more rapidly. So that's one area where you can say 
wage inflation hasn't kept up with cost of auto inflation. And consumers, you know, veer towards pricier rides. Sports utility vehicles, trucks, throwing a lot of technology into a car today. And they can justify that higher price. And we were like, well, honey, I spent too much money on this. But look at this. You, it's got an Apple car system in it. At one point in time, it was just a dependable, reliable automobile. Good old K car. So people get into very expensive cars. They, they put themselves at financial danger and financial risk. Households are taking on more and more cash flow. Um, I don't mind a car loan if you're getting it for under 3%. It's one of those things you can throw on your credit and keep your credit score maintained. But there's this instant feeling of... One of the ways I use car loans was in my 20s when I had a car loan. The moment I paid it off, if I was paying 400 a month or 500 a month or 222 a month, I just kept saving that 222 in retirement. So it became part of my lifestyle. So a 72-month car loan is pretty insane, the way we drive as a nation. That's $500 plus a month. You can pay $27,000 for the car, but you get a $36,000 loan with interest rates at 2%. 2% sounds pretty low, but it adds $9,000 to a car if you spread it out over seven years. So what did you get? A $27,000 car or a $36,000 car? So the median income household with a four-year loan, 20% down and a payment under 10% of gross income, you can afford a car at $18,390. There's not a lot of $18,000 vehicles out there. The average auto loan now has grown by about a third in the last 10 years. So we're now sitting at about $32,119 for a new car. The average loan is stretched to roughly 69 months. That's insane. Some longer than that. Some new vehicles have terms of 85 months or longer. Um, I feel like I just got my car and it's got 50,000 miles on it, right? Don't we all feel that way? And what do we think? 110, 120 is when it starts to maybe start getting iffy. Or you can buy a car that is known to make it in over 200,000 miles. Like, that's what I do. So, the global financial system is pretty perilous right now. Uh, because of the amount of debt everyone has. I've got more debt today than I've ever had in my life. And yet I'm more successful. I hope to start whittling that debt down as I get closer and closer to retirement. But U.S. consumers have a record $1.3 trillion of debt tied to their, their car. Ten years ago, that was $740 billion. Now we're at $1.3 trillion. Stop and think about that for a second. Like, it's going the wrong way. It's getting bloatedly big. Then we can start talking about mortgage debt. We could start talking about student loan debt. Right? And then the more expensive the car, the more expensive your insurance. Anyway, be careful with that, that finance manager who brings you in and sits you in front of a computer and he starts tinkering with all the numbers and, you know, let's get 448 up to 460 as his goal. And he's getting to buy add-ons and paint protections. And this paint protector was used 
on jet fighters for the U.S. Strike Force. You're like, U.S. Strike Force uses this paint protector? And you're like, yeah, so it doesn't chip, it doesn't protect your paint. If it's good enough for the U.S. Strike Force, it's good enough for you. Don't don't buy that stuff. Don't buy that stuff. Anyway, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Don't be shy. Delinquencies have trended higher in auto loans in the past few years. We got a lot of debt. That's not a good thing. It's not a bad thing, but it's not a good thing. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Don't look at the markets today. Don't walk next to tall buildings because people might be jumping out. It's a bad day. We're down 1.5%. Now, if you were to say you're, I, I could poop 1.5% of my body weight, probably. So no big deal to me. 1.5%, I'm like, oh, no big deal. But, and this is the big but, the number's big. And some technical barriers have been broken. We look at the 50-day, 200-day moving averages for whatever reason. They kind of give us an idea of where support can come in. When you kind of average out the last 100 days, you kind of go, okay, I get it. Average out the last 50. And you're like, okay, that's about a month and a half, two months. Um, are we in a happy trend, a growth trend, an uptrend? Are we in a sad trend, a downtrend? A, uh, are we in a volatility market? Markets are getting pretty roughed up today. When you look at the numbers, the Dow's down 400 points. But you add that in with the... You add that in with yesterday, and you're like, oh, crap. Now, let me give you a different perspective. Let's say that your 401k is going to hit tomorrow. Don't you want lower prices when your cash paycheck gets hit? Yeah, of course you do. Instead of paying 400 points higher, you're paying 400 points lower. So do you see where I'm going at with that? I know that's not going to calm you down, but... We opened down 150, quickly went to 300, then it's 400. And right now what we're dealing with is a fear of a recession. Uh, and everything's getting hit, whether it's United Rentals, Eaton Corporation, Facebook, Apple, Alphabet, Amazon. Yesterday, the manufacturing activity showed us that's not good. A couple more readings like that, and we will start slipping into a recession. Weak data, though, can you know be a, a blip. It can be countered with stock buybacks. It can be countered with stimulus packages. It can be countered with U.S.-China trade negotiations. It can be countered with a lot of things. But it can also get worse. You're like, just tell me what to do. Well, be a fly on the wall and tell me what the freaking fracking is going on with U.S.-China trade talks. And, oh, you can't be a fly on the wall, can you? But there's meetings next week in Washington. Will the Trump re-election committee say, get this done because this impeachment thing's hanging over you? Get some positives tied to your name out there. Or will it be, do a tighter deal and wait? I don't know. Um, there weren't a lot of payrolls added to the economy in September. Uh, 
but we're not seeing a lot of unemployment either or first time unemployment claims. The Federal Reserve does have a speech coming uh, today. So we'll get some more insight into what they're thinking. There's one going on right now, for instance. And I'll scan ever so briefly to see uh, if it can be a market mover and or not. Go into briefing.com and see if there's any commentary bleeding out, so to speak. Um, No, but they do talk about the market, saying it's deja vu today. A lot like yesterday. A lot of selling pressure in cyclical, which makes sense with counter-cyclical like utilities and consumer staples also sliding. It goes to show you that there's basically a de-risk from equities or stocks. People want to be out of the markets. We are doing a little bit of a Fed watch on the October Fed Open Market Committee meeting. Will they cut interest rates one more time? And if they do, will it really help the economy versus telling us there's danger ahead? We're cutting interest rates. It's really tough for me to say that exactly right. How are we going to interpret the Fed cutting interest rates as they're seeing something bad out there or that's going to help the economy? Microsoft's got an announcement out today. They've announced some Surface earbuds that integrate into Microsoft Office and have a 24-hour battery life. The earbuds can create captions in real time using Microsoft Office products. I I need to be I need to be convinced on that one. Microsoft has this history of some pretty crappy hardware. Um I'm not saying no to it. I'm not saying no to it. But uh you've already seen Google come out with some earbuds. I don't know what they're called, G-Pods. Or, I, Apple's obviously dominating that market now in the wireless category. Microsoft's got a product up event day today. They're uh, also introducing a new Surface Pro 7 with updated processors and a USB-C connector. That new product's going to cost $749. House Oversight Committee says White House will be subpoenaed on Friday if it does not comply with requests for documents and impeachment inquiry. In the end, Nixon went down for lying to Congress and basically just complicating the whole situation. It'll be interesting. <laughs> These weekends are going to be a hoot, to say the least, with the news shows. Um, a lot of underperformance, because when we're talking about recession, when we're talking recession, we tend to talk belt tightening. So airline stocks are getting hit pretty good today, below their 200-day moving average. Now, these are called transport stocks. Planes, trains, and automobiles. And because Wall Street tends to look six months into the future, what the market's telling us today, by getting whacked two days in a row, probably about 700 points now, it's telling us that we should start looking for signs. The volatility's picking up, and it's telling us six months from now there's going to be an event. Higher employee wages, timing of maintenance, those aren't the issues. These are the issues that we're looking at right now. Transports are telling us, and they've been a pretty good indicator of recessions. Because if transport stocks go down, that means we're expecting to travel less and ship less and less economic activity. So we eyeball these. And I don't like the volatility I'm seeing in the airlines. But with that said, the trains are doing okay today. 
And again, you have to look at the transports as planes, trains, and automobiles. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.